Join us as we explore timeless wisdom from around the world, seeking truths that resonate most for each individual. Welcome to Peace on Your Journey podcast. I'm John Lawyer, a former soldier turned spiritual traveler. At Kishar, we celebrate the journey of discovery together, delving into various religious, spiritual, and philosophical traditions. For a deeper dive into spirituality, join our vibrant online community at kishar.org. If you'd like to experience this production with dynamic art and video content, check out our YouTube channel at Peace on Your Journey. Let's talk about the golden rule for a little bit. As you walk through your spiritual path, have you considered spirituality and how you treat others? Do we lead with compassion and empathy for our, our fellow humans, for our neighbors, for yourself, and for the world around you? Can you transcend all these divisions constructed around people uh, that separate them from you? Are you willing to cross the bridge with them? Do you often believe that they have to cross over to your side versus you crossing over to theirs and meeting them in the middle? Think about the weight of the world. We all have this stuff that we're carrying around. Uh, let's call this not the weight of the world, but the weight of our world. Do most people you interact with every day know what's troubling you, the weight that you carry? Probably not. Shouldn't we consider what other people have going on? How does being aware of this change how we approach others? Would you treat yourself this way? If you think, yes, I would, but I wouldn't like it, that's also an answer. What does that say about your actions towards others? Do you believe we should treat others as we want to be treated? And that's, that's the golden rule. We've been taught this since our childhood. We've all grown up hearing about the golden rule. So let's check out this rule from around the world going way back in time. The ancient Chinese philosopher Confucius said in the 5th century BCE, do not do to others what you do not want done to yourself. And that's from the Analects of Confucius, 1523. In Buddhism, it goes, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. And that's from the Hudana Varga 518, also from the 5th century BCE. In Hinduism, they say, this is the sum of duty. Do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. And that's from the Mahabharata section 5, 15, 17. It's one of the oldest written works in the world. It dates back to the 8th or 9th century BCE, about 400 years before uh, the Buddha and Confucius. Hinduism and the Vedas go way back, even further beyond the Mahabharata. And they were some of the original thoughts of mankind. And in my opinion, they were some of the most advanced thought, even though they go back maybe 4,000 years. And I think they remain advanced to this day. In Islam, it goes, none of you truly believes until he wishes for his brother what he wishes for himself. From Sahih Muslim, which is a hadith or recorded saying or action of the Prophet Muhammad, Book 1, Number 72, from the 7th century CE. Judaism record this as, What is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow. This is the whole Torah. The rest is the explanation. Go and learn. And that's from the Talmud, Shabbat 31a. And this Jewish teaching originates in the 1st century CE. And I think that very succinctly summarizes the ethical teachings of the Torah. I really like this one because it basically says, This is it, everybody. If you know this one, you kind of have the sum of everything. And that shows the power of this concept. It makes sense. And that's why it's become known as golden. The Christians have 
the version that's probably best known by many in the West, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's from Matthew 7.12 in the New Testament dating back to the first century CE. Jesus actually said this as his final statement in the famous Sermon on the Mount. Having some flashbacks to my Southern Baptist Sunday school here. What long way I've come. But in all seriousness, this mirrors the Jewish position as absolute law. The rule that is the entire faith distilled down to its base essence. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In Taoism, I don't have a direct quoted equivalent, but having read the Tao Te Ching, attributed to Lao Tzu from the 5th century BCE, by the same time as Buddha and Confucius, it advocates for living in harmony with others and the natural world. And it further emphasizes the importance of humility, simplicity, and compassion, which all really echo the golden rule. In ancient Egypt, it went, do for one who may do for you, that you may cause him thus to do. That's from the tale of the eloquent peasant around 2000 to 1800 BCE, a long time ago. This ancient Egyptian maxim reflects reciprocal understanding of kindness and fairness and social interactions. We can look at Greek philosophy and it says, avoid doing what you would blame others for doing. This was said by Thales of Miletus around the 5th century BCE. He was a pre-Socratic Greek philosopher. In Zoroastrianism, it goes that nature alone is good, which refrains from doing unto another whatsoever is not good for itself. That's from the Dadastan Identic 94.5. Zoroastrianism is debatably the oldest monotheistic-like religion in the world. It was an ancient Persian religion and philosophy. A little bonus fact here is its largest surviving population is the Parsis located in India. In fact, the Tata family are Zoroastrian Parsis in India, one of the wealthiest families there. Let's think about how we see others versus how we see ourselves. Stephen Covey, the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People said, we judge ourselves by our intentions and others by their behavior. Do you view your own actions the same way that you view others? This can really end up as projection. Psychologically, we often project our own insecurities, flaws, and judgments onto others. If we're harsh or critical towards ourselves, we might unconsciously express these attitudes in our judgment of others. Improving our relationships with others can be really important and really satisfying and give us a, a more peaceful life. Look at how empathy and understanding can lead to a more peaceful place. If we are understanding and forgiving of our own mistakes and flaws, we're more likely to extend this empathy and understanding to others. Recognizing our own humanity helps us to see and accept the humanity in others. The strength of our inner critic can often dictate how we perceive others. A strong inner critic can make us more judgmental and less forgiving of ourselves, and then we're less forgiving of others. We've talked about the ego before on this channel and the mind and how learning to quiet them can lead to more peace and calm within. So look at moving towards self-awareness and growth. Recognizing these internal patterns can be a significant step in personal growth. By becoming aware of how our self-judgment influences our perception of others. We suddenly have this better relationship and then we'll have less stress. 
Many spiritual traditions emphasize the importance of seeing others as an extension of ourselves. If we're all part of the universal whole and we can realize that we're all part of this universal whole, then things fall into place. And practicing mindfulness can help in observing these patterns without immediately reacting. And this is a big part of what we're looking at here. Being reactionary is so severely self-limiting. We choose to let something impact us. It eliminates options for us to decide a balanced way and how we might handle a situation because we're, we're just immediately reacting. So being less reactionary can lead to a more compassionate interaction in your relationships. Take this perspective and look at why are we arguing with people? Like say you're going into a, a family gathering. Why are we arguing with family during the holidays? Do you care what they think? And if you do care what they think, why is that? And ask yourself, are you going to change the world by arguing with them? Better yet, are you going to even change them by arguing with them? What's your goal? Do you think you're going to change their mind? And what about arguing with strangers or even loved ones on the internet and social media? Where is this going to take you? And where is it going to take them? Where will it lead them? Does it lead you anywhere that you want to go or you think that they will go? And so what's the alternative? If arguing with someone isn't likely to change their view, what's the alternative to changing the world? If you really want to change the world in a way that is more aligned with your worldview, what would that look like? The whole concept of be the change you want to see in the world is so powerful. We have to look beyond the cliche and understand the depth of that idea. And maybe you think that that isn't an idea, it's just this dream or fantasy. But I'd say you'd be amazed at how many dreamers have seen their vision become a reality. And they did go out and they did change the world. Before we move on, please subscribe by hitting the watermark in the lower right-hand corner and share this with any friends or family who you think might find it useful. Let's look at understanding what our options are. If you're having issues with someone and it's impacting your peace of mind or it's bothering you, consider how you should commit to a choice on how to move ahead. If you're in a difficult situation with someone, you have essentially four basic courses of action. You can change your own perspective and your own approach to it. You can try and change the other person or party. And that's a tricky one and gets pretty tenuous in even the best of circumstances. Try to change someone else. It's not an easy thing to do. So you can leave the situation or you can accept the situation. And those are really your options. You can think about those four options and decide what's the best way for me to move forward with someone. And look at why we are around people. Look at your beliefs and your view of the universe and the world. Are you flexible? And if not, why are you around people who don't align with your views? Or even if you are flexible, why would you be around people that are inflexible? or who may have a narrow or potentially damaging worldview in your opinion. Think about why we're around these people. And what does science say about how we interact with others? Neuroscience and psychology can help explain how compassion and empathy affect the brain and mental health. When it comes to brain activation, studies have shown when individuals feel compassion or empathy. Specific areas of the brain are activated that are associated with emotional processing. So we can actually see empathy and compassion happening in real time in the brain. And there are also these things called mirror neurons. And there are these specialized neurons that were discovered 
in the late 1990s. And they enable us to understand and mirror the emotions of others, playing a key role in empathy. They activate both when a person performs an action, but also when they observe the same action performed by another. And so those mirror neurons are significant both in how you act, but also with who you surround yourself with. So it works both ways. Engaging in compassionate acts of empathy or understanding can lead to reduction in stress-related responses. This is partially due to a release of oxytocin. It's a hormone that promotes social bonding and reduces stress and anxiety. Empathy enhances social bonding and cooperation. Understanding and sharing feelings of others can lead to a stronger, more positive relationship. That's known for being crucial for mental health and well-being. Practicing empathy and compassion can improve emotional regulation. Understanding others' emotions helps individuals better manage their own emotional responses. Acts of compassion are often associated with increased feelings of well-being. You're just going to feel better when you're being kinder. Helping others can trigger the reward centers in the brain. This leads to feelings of happiness, a phenomenon often referred to as the helper's high. It can actually reduce the risk of burnout. And caregivers and healthcare professionals practicing compassion in a balanced way can reduce the risk of empathy fatigue or burnout, while it still allows them to provide effective care to those who need it. We briefly touched on mindfulness earlier as far as not reacting and being more aware. And we know that mindfulness and related practices can enhance empathy and compassion. Regular meditation has shown to increase the density of gray matter in the brain regions that are linked to empathy, emotional regulation, and self-referential processing. Empathy can play a role in reducing prejudice and bias. By understanding and sharing the feelings of people from different backgrounds, psychologically, individuals can overcome barriers and reduce stereotypical thinking. There's evidence suggesting compassion and empathy can have positive effects on physical health. This includes lowering blood pressure and boosting the immune system, likely due to the reduced stress and increased social support. So reflect on these science-based benefits and then pair that with the spiritual understanding of how having improved communication interaction will lead to a more centered and peaceful path for you. As we consider all the benefits to positive intentional interactions with others, ask why we do default to judgment. What pulls us towards the negative? Then just make sure you remain aware that there's another way. There's a better way to live that will bring us peace and keep us more centered. And that moves us to living a spiritual in present reality. Consider how much better your relationships would be if you were living with more empathy. You'd feel better mentally, physically, and spiritually. So take the time to love yourself, know your inner self, that self with a cap capital S, and fill yourself with loving kindness. And take that loving kindness and let the world around you feel it. Let it guide your actions and reactions to others. Slow it down and take your time. Know your center. Stay grounded. Feel the unity with your fellow humans. Understand that they're going through things. They're also carrying things around with them, just like you are. If we lead with compassion and kindness, you'll be more open to the universe. And that's where amazing things happen. How do you feel about interacting with others? How do you treat yourself? Does how you treat yourself or see yourself impact your relationship interactions? How can you use things in this discussion to be more centered and grounded? 
How will this guide you down your spiritual path? Let me know in the comments and I will absolutely follow up with you. For a peaceful community where people can share their journeys, be themselves, and have great spiritual discussions, visit Keyshar.org. And like this video if you'd like us to keep making content just like this. And until next time, I wish you peace on your journey.